This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. All right, Reggie, so I, I think you're going to be watching the All-22 during the game, during the show today. Oh, is, is that what, what I'm doing? What I'm presuming, because we got to figure out how to get the pass rush back for the Cowboys. All right, let me fire it up. Has it been good enough for you, 877-881-1053? Because I'm trying to figure out what exactly it is. Mike McCarthy, during his press conference, said the only people that need to worry about the pass rush are the ones that are lining up across from the Cowboys. I love I love that stance, but for really? the coach, yeah. Hey, Look, uh, we're going to ignore all that other stuff. They need to be scared of us. I, I like that approach. At least to us. Exactly. I, ho- I hope he's not saying that in the building. If he's walking into Dan Quinn and he's like, things are fine, man. Just, Everything's okay. They're going to be scared of us. Like, you, you see it on the field. And I think the, you know, the game kind of gave it away. When the team needs one the most, when they need one late in the game, it's not coming. And that's, that's the thing that you're like, they couldn't get it against Trevor Lawrence. They couldn't get the sack that they they really needed, which has been their calling card for the beginning of the season. They were averaging four sacks a game early in the season. Mm-hmm. Now they're at one in the last three games. And so that's if you're going to act like that's, a, oh, it's just non-existent, then you're not really paying attention. Now, the thing I want to know is, has Dan Quinn looked at the Texans, looked at Jacksonville, and said, hey, our game plan is going to be a little different. Maybe that's the case. Are guys not getting home when they typically can? Are they getting double teamed differently? Are they looking at Micah saying, we have to make sure we take him out of the game? Those are the things that you see whenever you're watching the All-22, whenever you're really, when you know as a coach what you're trying to accomplish versus what people see from you. Because there can be peoples and fans out there that are like, no, I see this. But if you're a coach and you're like, man, that's not what we were trying to do today. That's a completely different deal. No, you're right. I mean, starting from that point, there is a lot of instances where even when we go to the film, I know that film is now readily available, the L22 film, um, but understanding the film requires like a, a key in some ways, yes. which is knowing what they are attempting to do, right? Like that that helps in some ways because you can't tell the difference between a coverage bust and a bad, you know, poorly designed play or whatever. Um, but going back to the concept or the discussion when it comes to the pass rush, it's tough because some of the things that we look at uh, with sacks, and I'm going to go to like the very prevalent, like I guess, analytical or like statistical saying, which is sacks are a quarterback sack. Um, when it comes to quarterbacks, if you look at Trevor Lawrence, he's actually done pretty well in making sure to not be sacked. Like that is a six six dude with some wiggle, you know. That is a dude who has not gotten sacked a lot. So when it comes to playing the Jaguars. I did not expect a lot of sacks. I think the, the thing that we have to look at is if they were able to get pressure, which we know that they weren't able to do in the ways that they typically do, and I think that's where it gets really questionable. With Trevor Lawrence, too, he that's a that's a guy who understands what his clock needs to be. Sure. He, like he his his entire training. I don't know if you ever saw him in high school whenever he was at the 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 camps and everything, but they were like, This kid, he's got it. He's been training for this. 
So that's why one of the, like when Mike was like, I think he's going to be the next guy. There are a lot of things that he, education that he got sure. over time that are going to help him out like right now in his career. And so you're right. He has the ability to move. He has the awareness in the pocket. And then on top of that, he's like, hey, my clock just dinged. I have to get rid of the ball somehow. Whether I push it downfield and hope that, that Christian Kirk catches it or I throw it out of bounds, I have to get rid of it. Otherwise, I'm going down. It's a loss for my team. I think with Gardner Minshew this week, you saw the very similar thing. The guy knew when to get rid of the ball. He knew when pressure was around him, and he made just the nice enough step or evaded to get out of out of pocket, which Jalen Hurts is going to do a lot of. The other thing, too, though, okay, somebody texted this in, and they're right. Their pass rush is dependent on forcing the opposing, the opposing offense to be one-dimensional. Philadelphia ran the ball well against the Cowboys. There were moments on plays where you saw – Micah or whoever else was out there stalled because Gardner Minshew was in moving. He was moving. And if they were playing Jalen, they were playing Hurts, he's going to take off running. I have to. I have this threat here. I got to figure it out. Gardner was throwing. He wasn't running as much with the ball. He was going to throw the ball. But he was able to use, as we discussed, the play action, the RPO, to give him the space and to give his receiver the space that he needed to complete the pass. When, in, when they're running the ball like that, the Cowboys do have to be on their heels a little bit more. Whenever the opponent isn't running the ball very well, and I've talked to a lot of different players about this, that's when the Cowboys, they're like, hey, we know exactly what we got to do. But late in the game, in the fourth quarter with the game on the line, you know that Gardner Minshew's throwing the ball. Yeah, the, the pin your ears back play. Yeah, you know that he's throwing, and they couldn't get that play. That's the thing that, for me, has been kind of difficult, is that I haven't been able to see them get the one where – Hey, we need it right now uh, in the last few games. Earlier in the season, it happened. Not lately. Yeah, I wonder how much of that is fatigue, as you know, folks have talked about from the 972 on the truckwreck.com text line. Micah seems to not be 100%. He just looks not healthy even at the beginning of the game. And that's something that we've talked about with, you know, the added stress of him basically being a right defensive end. You know, play in, play in, game in, game out. Um, but some of that, I wonder, is just this team – you know, needing to focus on stopping the run because this team and their pass rush, they're gap shooters. They're not guys who are going to play like, you know, the, you know, the 90s where you have big bodies that are kind of just staying in gaps, holding linemen up and then, you know, picking gaps. Or These guys are all getting small and getting through gaps and shooting up the gaps and trying to get into the backfield. Now, when that creates big, you know, big gaps in running lanes, and we've seen that through this season. And I think in trying to balance what became a very clear liability in, you know, the inability to stop runs, I think they're trying to balance that in some ways and figure out, okay, how do we stop the run? And they, I think there is a little bit of a trade-off when you're trying to make sure to stop the run and then your ability to go and get after the quarterback. And now that doesn't explain what you're talking about, which is those moments where you're like, we need a play right now, and we know what that play is, which is going and you know, getting to the quarterback. That doesn't explain that, but I think that does point to some of the larger issues of being able to get to the quarterback. Because in that same clip, where you're, or in that same uh, answer, uh, where Mike McCarthy was talking about you know, the, only, the only people who need to worry about this pass rush is the teams they're playing against, he also mentioned the idea of stopping the run. That was something that became very prevalent. So I do think that that is they're of two minds in that way, which is, yeah, we need to get to the quarterback, but also this has been a very big liability, and it's also one that demoralizes the team. If a team can just get up here and run the ball on you over and over and over again, right, like as Marshawn Lynch said. 
if if that happens, that really takes you out of the game. And I think that that's what something that they've you know had front of mind. At least it appears. The as off a fan text also pop in and say I think it's more of the secondary. The QBs getting the ball out so fast, open receivers that the pass rush can't get there. I mean, losing Anthony Brown, I think a lot of people will will be like Jordan oh, Lewis no, before that. Not that big a deal. Yeah, Jordan Lewis went out in the Detroit game, I believe, was the last one he played. So Chicago, Green Bay, Minnesota, New York. That I think Jordan Lewis like that affects it a, a, a lot for sure, especially some of the things that they like to do inside with the with trying to stop the run too. But the last three games, Houston, that's when Anthony Brown goes down. That's where I think that became a bigger factor. Uh, becomes a bigger factor because there are people that are there. There are quarterbacks that are like, hey, I know where my option is going to be. They knew they wanted to go to uh, at Nation Wright late in that game. Like that was their decision. Was they wanted to go in that direction? The rise of Bland is something we'll get into a little more today, but that's going to help that out a lot. So we'll get into that a little more later on in the show. I, I'm hoping. I'm hoping if it that it's not physically run down because if that is the case then that's something that they got to figure out next year they can't figure that out this year and and I say that because I go back to the Bill Belichick champion season when they were like hey we're running the hill and everybody hated running the hill like these guys are they are in the greatest physical condition that anybody could possibly be in all right but if you have an opponent on the other side that's in just a little more of a better physical condition than you, then they might have something left in the fourth quarter that you don't have. I don't think the Cowboys can fix their physical conditioning before the playoffs. I just don't. I might be wrong, but aren't you going to wear your body out trying to figure out how to implement something that's going to help you be uh, be be better by the end of the season? Oh yeah, you're not you're not changing conditioning. I think there's also. We've got to remember you're not playing against uh, replacement level every week. There's you're playing against different level players, and this is a fair this is a fair pair of texts that came in on the trekwreck.com text line from the two one four. Here, what you guys are saying, but even though they didn't get home, Minshew was pressured into making bad throws in the fourth quarter, which is absolutely Good. the case. You could see some of those late drives where Minshew just had to throw the football away or was not able to actually go through a progression. So that one's true. And then also this one from the two six seven. You also just faced a premier offensive line in the league. And that's one of those things that's absolutely true. They have one of the better offensive lines in the league. And also, the word that I always come to, that is an athletic offensive line, which I think matches well with the athleticism and speed that you come with in this pass rush between Micah Parsons and, like, your somewhat smaller defensive tackles, you know, that also want to get up the field, right? This is – that was like a a strength-on-strength almost matchup. So I think you also have to consider that when we talk about the you know the pressure or the lack thereof that they were able to get. Yeah, and so when you talk about those strength versus strength, you got to find out what is something else that your team can do. You had your quarterback on Saturday, like you had your guy that was going to deliver the passes that should help you. That's and that 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 is what the Cowboys ultimately want to do. They want their their offense to get out there, blow people away, force them into passing situations. Uh, the opponent into passing situations so that those defense defensive pass rush can go do what they do best. Unfortunately, uh, they're, they're, they can't stop the run, and it's bleeding them out slowly at times. And it's not saying that they can't fix it at some point. Like They, they can get better, and Jerry was talking about that this morning. We'll get into that during the C-Block today. Jerry said, hey, man, we can scheme some things. We can do some things technically that we can be better at. He said he was watching with Will McClay. 
Uh, it was McClay, right? Or was he saying Will Clay? Uh, <laughs> maybe that's what they call him. I don't know. But he was watching with Will McClay. He said we were, he was showing me some things specifically about the defense and about what they're doing in the pass rush that he thinks that the team can fix and will fix. So they were sitting there watching the film. They think there are some things that they can get uh, get better at. And I think that I agree. The loss of Hankins changed a lot of things. It changes your rotations. It changes the way you stop the run. That affects the the third and fourth, third and seventh, third and nine situations. All those things do change because of some little piece. That's why it is a team sport. It does not all fall on Dak Prescott's shoulders. And Sam Williams obviously <laughs> being inactive. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's a that's another player. I want to talk about him a little bit when we talk about Bland and the possibility of defensive rookie of the year. J.J. Watt has retired, according to the Twitters. Now, I don't know if you read Twitter, Reggie, uh, but he said, Koa's first ever NFL game. I believe that's his child. Mm -hmm. My last ever NFL home game. My heart is filled with nothing but love and gratitude. It's been an absolute honor and a pleasure. J.J. Watt is, in my mind, a guy that had four of the best seasons I've ever seen in my life. Incredible. The rest of his career was littered with injuries, and that's unfortunate that we didn't get. I think, actually, he had one other season where he had, like, 16 sacks. He was comeback player of the year. But in 2012, 20 and a half sacks, defensive player of the year. 2014, 20 and a half sacks, uh, second in MVP, defensive player of the year. 2015, 17 and a half sacks, defensive player of the year one of very few players to ever get three defensive players of the year. You know the Houston area pretty well. Mm -hmm. Did they did they adore J.J. Watt the way that, like, we do Micah Parsons right now? Yeah, he's a golden boy. Like, this, you don't even have to confine this to Houston area. This dude, for a point in time, was, like, one of the faces of the league. Do you recall, like, this was, you know, J.J. Watt was Captain America of some sorts to the NFL, and they he was very front and center about it. Like, and rightfully so, he played incredibly off the edge. And so, yeah, I I mean, are we leading to the discussion of Hall of Fame? Because I think that feels Oh, man, yeah, he's definitely a Hall of Famer. Clear. He's yeah. definitely a Hall of Famer to get those. It's just, I guess I've always been kind of like, man, I wish his health would have allowed him to have a better career. It was electric for four years, but maybe that's it. Maybe I mean, you only get a small amount of time in the league anyway. Playing, I mean, playing football? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, most of these guys don't even get the opportunity to be as electric as he was for those four years. So congratulations to J.J. Watt on what was a great career, ultimately never getting as much playoff run as he wanted and as much success going to the Super Bowl or anything like that. But the dude had a, a really good four or five year span in his career. And that's awesome, man. For sure. Um, this is tangential. I apologize. But um, do you ever get on like pro football reference and just kind of look time. at Have you ever seen these nicknames that they throw up here? It is his nickname. Supposedly, Justin James Watt, who plays defensive end, 6'5, 288. Why? His nicknames are The Milkman. Or J.J. Swat. And I always I swear knew J.J. Swat. I've never heard the Milkman before. I've never heard the Milkman. I, the Swat because he used to knock down passes all the time. That's right. The Milkman. That makes me feel uncomfortable. Is he I'm not going to lie. I, look. Making babies in Houston? Is that what oh, he's doing? Oh, is delivering? that what? That's what the Milkman does. Is it? The Milkman delivers the milk while the husband's away. Oh. And then. Oh. And then, you know. And then. I believe. Consoles the wives? Is yeah. that what you're. Wow. With the that, milk. 
quite at quite an coming up next on the KNC masterpiece. The Mavs are on a three game heater right now, and Luca had a horny toad. Next on the fan, what? T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more rips, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Back here on the KNC Masterpiece on 105.3 The Fan. The Somebody just texted in, who should I start in my fantasy this week? Dak or Trevor Lawrence? Trevor Lawrence is going up against the Texans this weekend. And Dak on Thursday will be going up against the Titans, who I think are frauds. So I think you just keep a... I think that Dak might have the ability to uncork it a bunch of times against, uh, against uh, the Titans this weekend. Quite possible. On Thursday. And they have seemed to want to continue to... Yeah, that was a nice catch there. Yeah. Uh, they have... On 105 through the fan, mind you. That's you right. That. Um, but they have seemed to want to throw the ball a good amount, this Cowboys team. I just wonder which one of those teams is going to have the most opportunities to do so. Because Derrick Henry is going to run the ball a whole bunch. And that's going to slow the... And the Cowboys like to run the ball, too. Or will that be a three and out? You know what I mean? Will they, will they just be giving the ball right back? Because remember, Ryan Tannehill's done. So you got Malik Willis, who has not looked good at all. Yeah, he's going to take some time. Somebody needs to really get in there and help him, help him grow. They need to. You got to have a, a quarterback developer if you're going to have a young young quarterback on your staff. Somebody that can develop it. Look at the greatness of Brock Purdy right now. He's got a guy that knows how to develop a quarterback. He's seen it. He does it pretty well. Uh, and then, I mean, even look at McVay. Like he goes with the veterans because that's the the model that the Rams like to go with, but he takes veterans and says, I can do something with these guys. So we'll see. Hopefully Malik Willis can find somebody that can develop him well. Did we answer the question? Um, Cause I haven't played fantasy at all. Like for the last uh, three seasons, I think I give me, give me about an hour so I can look at some stats. All right. I, that's how I go about things, by the way, just made my way into the 
semifinals for my Super Bowl championship in my fantasy league. So Love to see it. I, with a 6-9 and nine record. Yeah, look at that. Gross. I'm the guy that comes on late in the year every year. I stink all season long, and then at the very end of the season, I'm like, oh, there it is. How do you have fantasy football trends? How does that happen? I don't know, man. I'll show you all the like, stuff. How do you manage to be bad every season when you're just drafting a whole I, different team? Some being a good general up, manager, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you just got a no-player talent evaluation. just like But a, not until week four? It's pro talent okay. evaluation, right. not rookie talent. Uh, the Mavericks are on a three-game heater right now. I'm going to call it that because like, it feels like it's been a while since they've had a run like that where they've had a few games that they've won in a row. Uh, they beat the Lakers on Sunday. And, man, Luka's... Luca's doing Luca stuff, man. Watching him put in Correct. fifty the other night was was exceptional. Seeing him and Christian Wood get uh, combined for sixty two against the Lakers is really nice. I am a little curious though how you felt about like y- what they have been building as opposed to what they've done most of the season. Because I know Mike's like so built in on their rotations and why aren't they doing sure. these things? There's a lot of very detailed things that Mike gets into. And I'm, I've been kind of very adamant that I'm going to wait until New Year's hits mm, okay. because I think that Jason Kidd wants to kind of collect some data on his team before he says, okay, this is our new plan uh, because he didn't want to, you know, kill anybody's confidence or kill what the chemistry could grow between some some players. Uh, he was killing Christian Wood's confidence, though. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, that's that's an interesting word to use but there considering that people 30. were begging for Christian Wood to play. Uh he, he, now, first of all, I think we also need to acknowledge they were missing quite a few of their players. Obviously, Maxi Kleba has been lost for the season. Dorian Finney-Smith did not play in this game. I believe uh, Frankie Smokes, Frank Nilekina did not play in this game. So, like, you were losing, you were missing some of your talent, and specifically some of your talent that, like, plays defense. Um, it was nice to see them just kind of lean into we are going to do offense. Um, I don't think that that is a strategy for them to be able to win the championship. Like the aspirations that they have now after going to the Western Conference Finals is that they want to play in that realm mm-hmm. in the NBA. And I don't think the idea of, well, the defense ain't going to do it, so let's just go do this offense is way to go. However, in a single game uh, situation on Christmas where you do not want to lose in front of company, right? Like, right. They were just out here bombing away. And eventually they started hitting the way that they needed to. Because that was really the difference that made that 51-point quarter, third quarter. They just started making shots. Like, there is one way for this team to play. It, it is both a, like, a um, kudos to this team and the way that they have kind of made themselves uber efficient around this one idea of we're going to let Luka have the ball, we're going to let him operate in the pick and roll and create shots off of it. But it's also in some ways like a criticism of them because great teams can win multiple ways, you know, and that goes for most sports. But in basketball, also great teams have multiple ways to win. And this is the quintessential, um, you know, jump shooting team where, you know, you live, you know, live by the three, die by the three. That is this Mavs team. And you saw that in that Christmas Day game where early on they were not making shots. And then in the third quarter, they were making shots. Well, when you hear guys talk about knowing their role. Because Tim Hardaway came on with us and said, sure. yeah, I think guys are still learning that. Last year, by the time they got to the Western Conference Finals, everybody knew what they were expected to do, where they were expected to be mm-hmm. for all those moments. And even Luca, after the game, he's like, look, man, or maybe I can't remember if it was after the game on Sunday or if it was just this weekend in general. He's like, it's going to be four on three a lot of times. Hitting shots is what's going to keep us alive. And he's, and I, I like the way he said that, four on three. 
there are going to be four guys that I have to pass to. Yep. And they're only going to have three defenders because they're going to have to double me. So somebody is going to be open. They need to be ready to deliver the shot. I like that he said that. Mm-hmm. I really do like that he said that. I don't know if he said it in the locker room. I feel like that's kind of probably the model that Jason Kidd's working with and getting them to understand that. Do you like hearing Lucas say, hey, I know what my offense is going to look like. Those guys have to have to make their shots now because I'm going to deliver open shots. Uh, I mean, I think it's fairly evident. I think I don't think he said anything novel there. Yeah, yeah, man. Like these teams have decided, Luka Doncic, we are going to send a double at him. It's like Luka Doncic is in pick your poison mode at this point as mm-hmm. a player at 23 years old, the ripe old age of 23 years old. You've you've seen multiple, numerous, in fact, coaches just basically talk about him as if he is like Thanos. Yeah. Right. Like it's just like, look, man, he's inevitable. Yeah. Right? There's not really much you can do. So we just going to send these two bodies at him and make these other guys beat us. And the fact of the matter is when they do that, the response is, well, other guys beat them. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> like yeah, that's, exactly. that's what it becomes. And yeah. So when it's four on three, because they have sent the double team, the idea is just pass to the open guy and make the shot. And like when you simplify it to that point, yeah, that again, that is there is kind of a brilliance in how simple they have made this, which is, you know, Luka Doncic, pick and roll, maybe pass the short roll, find the open guy in the corner, and then knock down the shot, right? That is a very simple game plan that I think anybody can see, and that is, like, so simple that it's kind of crazy that it worked consistently, but it's because of Luka. Yeah. But again, that brings me back to this thing where I'm just like, you watch, you watch some of the fun teams to watch, because I'm going to say something that might be unpopular, but... Let's face it. Watching this Mavs team is not fun for me. Like it is repetitious basketball. Right I'm sorry. Eight seven seven eight eight one one zero five three truckwreck dot com is Reggie the bad guy now for saying that it's not fun to watch the Mavs. It'd be like that sometimes. Uh, no, it's it's not fun to watch them play. However, it's when when they knock down shots, it's effective. You watch the teams that are fun to play basketball. They're doing lots of different things. There's lots of different actions that start in different places, and that. There's, there's a variety and a color to it. And I think that's one of the things that I'm personally lamenting with this team you is that I'm not seeing, like, the, the color. And some of that is just because I don't know that they can with, you know, with what they have. But it's, it's tough to not see the varying different ways of style of play. Okay, so you don't think it's lazy that, that it's just them going, I mean, we have Luka. We'll just let him roll out there and do his thing. You don't think that, that's, that it's the, they're complacent in that. It's that they understand what their limitations are with the rest of the team. Is that what you're you're, oh, you're yeah. saying? Yeah. Okay. All right. Because so, if it, if they had the ability, Jason Kidd would probably dial it up. But I would like, hope at least instead of it just does does kind of seem at times, and I might be wrong about this. They're appeasing Luca in a lot of ways. He wants to play. He wants the ball. He wants to score. He wants the stats. He wants all the things that go along that are going to put him in the category of one of the greatest players to ever play the game. He wants those things, and they're like, all right. Here you go. Go do it. Go get all those numbers uh, instead of, hey, we're going to build a team that can do all these different things. Uh, we got, Or maybe it's just because they're they're strapped to the players they have because of the contracts that they built out. Yeah, there. yeah. I mean, look, obviously this was a nine-point game or win on, you know, Christmas Day. Luca had to put up how many of them things? 32. With nine. Like, it just – it feels like it takes so much to make it happen. I think this is just – this is what's got to be done to win games. And I almost, you know, and I know everybody would love to see a situation in which it does not take 
Herculean efforts to get wins every and, night. So, and, and what's crazy is you even said it. They're very efficient with their offensive production a lot of times. And then those Mavs teams that we watched with Steve Nash and Dirk were a blast because they were flying up and down the court you know, and doing all these crazy things. But maybe they weren't as efficient as what this is. So, hey, I'm not going to complain about it, uh, especially if they get back in the playoffs and do some stuff there. Luca showed up in a Camaro. Hopped yes. out with his cowboy hat, yes. had his uh, cowboy boots on. And then I did see that he set up with uh, Dude Perfect, and this is how this all got arranged. They wanted him to wear the cowboy hat, say y'all in the press conference, and then also talk about his horny toad. And I've never seen Luca laughed whenever they told him this. His this, Yeah, this is Luca talking in the press conference after the game. <laughs> I got that. I forgot my horny toad in the house, you know, so next time I'll bring that. You should have brought Dorian's horse. No, no, my horny toad. You know what's a horny toad? I don't think I do. TCU. TCU. Oh, the TCU? No, the animal. Yeah, it's like, a, oh, yeah. it's like an actual. Yeah. You have a horn toad? Yeah. Okay. Why? Because <laughs> I'm Texan. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm Texan. I, I, I felt the awkward uh I could see the eyes looking around the room in the media session where they were like, wait, what is he is this are we losing something in translation here? <laughs> yes. We, they didn't know the bit. They didn't know that he was doing all the Texan things. That's what Dude Perfect had set him up with was hey, drive in a muscle car, have a cowboy hat, have some cowboy boots, say y'all, talk about your horny toad. And I don't think I've ever are horny to- is that like a Texan stereotype? Because I've like I've lived in Texas for a very long time. Uh-huh. I didn't realize that that was one of those. I do believe that like TCU like made it more prominent. Mm. I will say that that that's the that is the one thing that I I, I like the most about it. But I've seen I've seen horned toads everywhere. They're in New Mexico. They're all over. What I would say that the first question that was asked was about is about Dorian's horse. Mm-hmm. That's right. Horses are more stereotypical right. for yeah. DFW than a horned toad. Or Texas, 877-881-1053. You need your answers. Because not everybody lives in Dallas. Sure. And not everybody lives in Fort Worth. Sometimes it feels like it. We have listeners all over. So for y'all, and I did say y'all because I'm Texan. True. Do y'all, like, is it, do y'all have, you see horny toads all over the place? All right. I think Luca thought it was funny. That's a great setup. You see the setup, right, Joey? Okay, fantastic. (laughs) I think Luca thought it was funny because of the word. All right. The other thing I wanted to add to this, you, Sean tried bringing it up in conversation until mm-hmm. Mike called in. Trey Young and Luca. We oh, might have no. to bring this back up later in a conversation. Do we want that? Do we want Trey Young and Luka Doncic to be playing basketball offensively on the same team? No. No, and I'm kind of surprised, and I'm going to talk about this through the lens of Mike because he is a fascinating individual. Uh, I'm kind of surprised Mike didn't say no for a particular reason because Mike, typically when things pop up as far as like players, there's one lens that he'll talk about, which is like the idea of being some level of locker room cancer. If you pay attention to what's happening in Atlanta, there's quite a few discussions and rumors of like Trey Young for one reason or another, not getting along with the organization. In fact, like, when was the last time you saw a highly regarded, you know, lottery pick, top five player, be talked about as if they were going to be traded? Like, in the NBA, that player, if they are, like, star adjacent, or if they're, like, stars, because I don't want to call them no superstar, but if they are a star, 
you change the stuff around them and not him. He is in that place where people are talking about the idea of him being moved. Typically, that is some level of sign that there's like other things outside of that. And I mean, if we can get deeper into like the NBA rumor mill, but like I just wanted to give the general impression that, yo, there might be issues with him like fitting in and, you know, getting the lay of the land. And when it comes to Luka Doncic, like, I think good vibes has been what they have really, you know, built this team around. Yeah. That's not really so what you So much so that do. Mike hates it sometimes, yeah. right? Where he's like, they're goofing around too much in pregame. Yeah, so I'm like, yo, is that really what you want to do on top of a dude who uh, I'm sure Kevin Hagelin would let you know at the drop of a hat is oftentimes the worst defender in the league. And not efficient offensively. You know what I mean? Like he's all a chucker. The- we're adding up, and none of the math is mathing to, like, a smart move. Also, he's but getting it's two stars. Pa- he is getting paid. It's two stars. All right. I mean, like, it's it's a name, and it's a name. It's a, like, that's what everybody wants is their stars out there. By the way, Texas State Mammal, Armadillo. Yes. State Bird, the Northern Mockingbird. Didn't know that. Actually, I didn't know that. The Texas Large State Mammal, the Longhorn. Sure. The Flying State Mammal is wild. The Mexican Free-Tailed Bat. My favorite bat. Texas State Dog, the Blue Lacy. I don't even know what that means. I'm going to have to find one because I know I want one. It sounds more like Texas negligee. State Insect, Monarch Butterfly. The State Fish is the Guadalupe Bass. Mm. And the State Lizard, or the State Reptile. Horned Toad? The Texas Horned to- Lizard. Okay. Yeah, because this is the thing. Somebody on the truckwreck.com text line was like, horn, horny toad. And they were like, no, it's different because TCU's the horned frogs. I think it's the same thing. Like, mm. I think they just kind of. Toads and frogs create... are definitely different. No, I know. But we all know the difference. But too. I think they just made a misnomer when they named the team and they're like, this works better. Yeah, it sounds cool. Because yeah. they, right. like, if you look at it, it is a lizard. Coming up next, did Jerry Jones, does he write the script for all the plays? Mm-hmm. We'll tell you how we came up with this theory next in the fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back here on the KNC Masterpiece on 105.3 The Fan, home of the Dallas Cowboys and your Texas Rangers. And the Cowboys will be playing Thursday night right here on 105.3 The Fan. Just keep it locked in, man. Just leave it on right now and then just leave it on through the rest of the year. That's right. You know, and then, you know what, in the next year too. And then through the rest of next year and everything's going to be fine. Is there a time where you stop? It's called Tolo. Turn it on, leave it on for a reason. And that means you just turn it on and leave it on. Okay. You don't even have to do anything other than turn it on. That's the easy part. That's true. The leave it on is sleeping, kind of, just yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. The, the leave it on is kind of that's extraneous. Yeah. We we did too much. It should just be toe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or just turn it on. <laughs> and then when leaving it on, you don't have all. You, you go about your business. I'm sure. Go about your day. Do your work. Just set it and forget it. From the eight one seven. Hey Reggie and Corey, it's wonderful to hear y'all's sweet voices on my Odyssey app this morning. Love y'all. Hope it's been a happy holiday season. It has been so far. It's been all right. It's been all right. Yeah, there have been some things. We'll talk about those coming up during the Expressway. 35 uninterrupted minutes of sports and entertainment content right there for you. Jerry Jones. I know him. Writes the plays. He draws up all the plays. Sure. And my reason for thinking this is I was 
soloing uh, during the, the break. And on Saturday, uh, before the game, right before the game, my wife says, hey, uh, we need... And then she gave me a list of things we needed from the grocery store. Ooh. Now, was it a long you, list or a short list? Um, it was about six things. I came back with about 20. Because that's you can't How? send me to a store. Don't, don't ever send me to a store. I am a person who will see something and say, do I need it? No. Should we have it around the house just in case? Yes. Like that's that's uh, exactly how I am. And most of the time, it's like tater tots and chicken nuggets. Oh, okay. Huge fan of having those because the kids might get hungry for a snack. Or something. Or lunch. You know, we got to feed them every oh, once in a while. Oh, it's parent stuff. I thought you were just doing the, like, I went to the store hungry and bought things that I would want to eat, but I forgot. Yeah. You're, you're an adult. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm an adult that mm-hmm. has lots of guilt about being away from the family a lot of times. Uh, and also wants to make sure I'm when I'm with the family. That, that they're eating chicken of. nuggets, right? Yeah. Or whatever. You know, it could be uh, uh, some mini tacos. Those things, too. However, I was in the parking lot at my Tom Thumb, where I'm very well known. Sure. And just I, the parking lot or in the Tom? I was in the parking lot. Okay. I, oh, I'm well known in the parking lot too. Okay. I'm in the parking lot. I had to stop because Jerry Jones was talking to Christy Scales. And I had to listen to the rest of what Jerry Jones was saying. But he said this and I said, all right, I'm going to hold on to this just in case. Jerry had this to say about T.Y. Hilton before the game. Well, uh, they could underestimate him. And, of course, what we've been wanting is a receiver that complements what we've got with Gallup or what we've got with Lamb because of T.Y.'s main skill is his intelligence. And, boy, is he smart, and that's what we need. Now, he's got real outstanding speed, and he's still got it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to think that he's going to make a big difference out here today. He made the biggest difference. The third and 30 play is the T.Y. play from now on. He said they're going to underestimate him. And T.Y. Hilton, what did he say after the game? If you're just going to put your hands in my face and try and distract me, you're going to lose. I'm going to outrun you. I'm going to get by you. And T.Y. Hilton goes out there, makes the big catch. He had 12 plays. We looked it up. He, He had 12 plays throughout the game. That was the most significant play of the day. And I haven't seen the all 22 to see if he got enough separation through throughout the, the his other routes and it was 52 yards it's quite literally the most air yards that Dak has thrown in his career it was a beautiful throw it was too. a really good one right on the money good god i don't know if you've seen it fox 4's chris hanks does phenomenal work been a great fo- uh, photojournalist in the dfw area, area for i loved years. him in castaway uh different hanks mm-hmm. by the way gotcha uh he got a, f- a phenomenal shot from the end zone as ty was coming towards him of the ball in the air and then the catch right there. It was an awesome pitch and catch, man. And it was a moment where everybody went, wow, the Cowboys did something right. They got the guy that made the big difference in the game. I don't know how much more of an impact he's going to make throughout the season. Yeah, because I feel like you've done it once. I don't imagine that people are going to lay off on the nine route yeah. on him. Yeah. Uh, but I think... They weren't expecting that at that moment. Right. Going back to that quote, like, I I mean, even if you take T.Y. seriously now, or Eugene, as I like to call him, or, I mean, as his birth certificate calls him, um, one of the things that he does well is find space. If you're playing his own, he will settle into the right place. And if you're playing man, he's he's so smart. He's seen so many things. I've I've fallen into the rabbit hole of uh, Kurt Warner's YouTube page. Yes, you have. And he does a fantastic 
fantastic job of breaking down route concepts. I feel like I'm getting smarter about football every time I press play. And within that, I very much see in which, you know, the, the places in which a wide receiver might not fully understand the things that a play is trying to accomplish. You might be running your route. You might be just doing certain things and not understanding what a place is supposed to accomplish or what a concept is typically accomplishing versus certain things and why it might change. T.Y. Hilton strikes me as a dude who understands all those things. And that's, I think that's what we're speaking to when folks call, talk about how smart he is. Now, when it came to that play, it felt like he was just fast, which makes me want to apologize to Eugene because I called him fully laundered. What does that mean? Uh, he's washed. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Um, and Did he look fast on that play? He looked fast on that play. Can um, he look fast on other plays, too? I would. I'm, I want to see it. Okay. I want to see it. I will, be, I will be monitoring that space. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that that knowledge that he brings, and then also apparently that's still you know still having a little bit of speed to him. Man, this could be a really nice compliment to this team, added to you know the big body of Michael Gallup and like the big play capabilities of him, and then C.D. Lamb, who is you know rounding out into a wide receiver one right before our eyes. Like I think that this this was the right signing. So, in addition to what you just said there about the the speed part of it, I. Mike brings this up, and I'm kind of curious about it. Peerless Price had like two catches for with Tony Romo, and then did nothing else. Mm-hmm. Uh, Laron Robinson uh, helped me win a fantasy football game, and when it got his money, and then when it got paid somewhere else, but really or didn't. Jesse Holly's money, yeah, Jesse Holly's money, but didn't uh, didn't really do anything else beyond that. Like that was pretty much it. Ty, I, I just hope it's not this one play, and then. There's nothing else to it. I think there's going to be more added to it and grow to it. You brought up the big body of Michael Gallup. When I've seen a couple of people on Twitter throughout that game mm-hmm. say, "Don't don't throw to him in high leverage situations anymore." And if you're if you a if you have that mentality, he don't need to be on the field. Yeah, I was like, I don't know what what are you expecting him to do at that point then? Because that feels like what was his you know best attribute. Yeah. Um cuz it's not like he's like the pristine route runner. Yeah. Um and so it's like you get him on a go route, you let him go up and get the ball. Those are the situations that let I him thought you had him. Somebody. Yeah, that's I thought that's why you had him here. Yeah. That's why you gave him a contract. And I feel like and maybe it was after that the 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 blind spot pass uh that people were saying that and they're like going after him and I'm like, "Hey man, that's that is tough. How many outfielders do we see?" That, are, that lose a ball in the sky because of the sun. It happens. The Cowboys built the stadium that way, and that's the way that it is right now. Yeah, I, I said this on Twitter, and I mean this sincerely. I, you will not find me talking about that play and, like, designing it to the, you know, a fade to the corner of the end zone where the sun comes up because that's particularly, particularly the kind of oversight that I would make in my life. Like, oh, I could man. easily see myself being like, oh, man, I completely forgot about that. Like, that's the, per- that's the type of life I live. So I was like, you know what? You get a pass from me. Other people might talk about it, and that's probably fair. Me, personally, not talking about it. I can't do it. I can't even make rice right. Wait, what? I screw up rice every time. How? How do you screw up rice? I miss an instruction. Don't what give do you me, mean, what do you mean don't give instruction? Don't give me steps to cook, okay? It's like three, right? Wait, cooking is steps. What are you talking about? No, cooking is art. Fair enough. No, 
stumped. Don't, you don't he, spare he, enough he that. No, you. Don't, you he stumped you, no, Reggie. He di- no, he didn't. <laughs> he you. you just I let him off the hook for no reason, Joey. Joey, you ain't talked all day. All you pop, you pipe in to let Corey off the hook. Joey's on. Joey's on my team. He said he can't cook rice of all the things, man. That's like saying I can't make cereal. Come on, man. What are you talking about? Now and ask her, and she will tell you Corey will screw up rice in a heartbeat. I don't know. I either don't. I don't know. I do things wrong. Just I made the so. Actually, last week we left the show, and I do think that Broadus is single-handedly responsible for getting Reggie White to the Packers by suggesting the Cheddar Bay biscuits from Red Lobster. Correct. So on the way home, the guys told me they just have boxes that crap at uh, at uh, Tom Thumb. Yeah. So I went to my Tom Thumb, said hi to my people, and then. Got two boxes of Red Lobster Cheddar Bay biscuits. I like the idea of you walking through the Tom Thumb like it's, what is it, uh, was it Casino or was it Goodfellas? Goodfellas. And just doing a long take through the Tom Thumb saying hi to everybody, uh-huh. putting like a $10 bill in folks' pockets. Shaking hands. That's right. Yeah. Now I got to talk to my people. I grab two boxes, get home, let's make these biscuits. Guess what? There's instructions on how to make the biscuits. Yes, because that's what cooking is. Mm-hmm. No, not really. I know what to do. I walk out there. I put the meat on the smoker. I got the smoker ready. It cooks in the amount of time. I know when it's ready. I don't need instructions. I just do it. All right? Cooking's different. There are other things when it comes to baking. So I'm reading the instructions. And I'm like, where the hell is this packet that they're talking about? Oh, the butter garlic packet that I was supposed to save for later was not the seasoning packet that I just put in there. I didn't realize that one of the... you didn't read it ahead of time. I didn't read it enough. Yeah, so that's what... Yeah, so what you're saying, Reggie, is whenever you're designing a whole stadium, you might have some (laughs) oversight. I forgot to put the butter packets uh, to the side and not use that. I not totally even when you're designing it. a stadium. When you're when you're calling biscuits. a play, you're like, man, Michael Gallup on a fade route. That's something that we should do. Let's put it to the strong <laughs> side. All right, boom, 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 put in the play. Oh, no, the sun. I forgot about the sun. My bad, y'all. Jerry Jones said That's that this morning, though. And we'll do that in the C-Block, too. Jerry Jones said to Sean and RJ this morning, I pay a whole lot of coaches a whole lot of money. Somebody should know where the damn sun is. <laughs> He literally said that the this sun morning. Coach. Somebody should know where I'll the be sun, sun is. Co- hey, Jerry, you know where I am. Hit you me up. I'll be the sun coach. And if you know what, that's another thing. If you're out there and you're the defensive coach on that play, aren't you going, hey, sun's over here. They're definitely not throwing a ball that direction. Can we pay a bunch of fans to stand in the sand's way? Oh. In the sun's way, not the sand's way. Yeah. I think you would have to Just- hang them from the <laughs> ceiling, though. Which people, you know what? Some people probably do it for the, there you go, the Cowboys yeah. for the Cowboys yeah. to be better. Like if if you get look, would those be would those be more expensive or cheaper than uh, party passes? Oh man, if you're helping the team, more expensive, fantastic, more expensive for sure. Coming up next here on the KC Masterpiece, hold on. yeah. Did we just propose human curtains? Yes. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. All right, Mickey Spagnola next on the panel. <laughs> we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. 
Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.